You are good to us, oh God. We appreciate you. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the adoration. Thank you for this opportunity. Lord, we come in total surrender to you. Jehovah, please speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. Meet our needs, oh God. Holy Spirit, please have your right of way. Let Jesus, the Son of God, be magnified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Okay, let me take off my face mask. I hope we are observing this protocol thing. Bible says, Jesus, the wisdom and the power of God. Jesus, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Wisdom is using your face mask. You know, keeping social distance as much as you can. Doing the right things. Hmm? That is the wisdom of God. The power of God is there to heal us, to prevent that disease from coming near us. But wisdom would have us, you know, do the right things. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, I want to appreciate you all. It's fantastic being among young people. There's nothing like my youth was just renewed all over again. I think this is the place to be. <laughs> when you're among young people, you just like it. I just remember youthful days again, and I feel like being where you are today. <laughs> because, you know, adulthood is a scam, like some people will say. <laughs> If you look forward to getting old, getting old. When you get there, you know that sometimes you look forward to those days again. So enjoy it, enjoy it, please enjoy it. So we are going to talk today about before you say, before you say I do, and that presupposes marriage. Is that not true? Uh -huh. Some people like that topic. Everybody is doing you this this already. Okay, I'm going to start first by um, first of all addressing that issue of infantuation. Hmm? And the dictionary meaning of infantation will help us put it in perspective. It's a brief but intense infantuation for someone, especially someone unattainable. Intense infantuation. That's when I'm talking about um, crushes, sorry. So crushes, they're just nothing but infantuation. Infantuation is illusion. Illusion is not real. It is shadows. So it's like you are chasing shadows. And usually infantation is for people that are not real. I remember when my daughter was young. It's even now that she was telling me that, mommy, that time I used to have infantation for, I used to have crush for this. Because I realized that he will be watching this TV show. I don't, what's the name of that TV show? Um, I've forgotten what it is now. One cartoon character. So when they show the guy, he will turn his, she will turn her face. And I was wondering what the problem is. Every time they showed it, she would turn her face. So I said, what is the problem with this guy? She was like, a child, you understand? Maybe 10, 12. I'm like, why are you always turning your face? Now that she's grown, she'll not, mommy, you know what I had that time? It was crush, cartoon character. So if you are having crushes, <laughs> they are usually unattainable people. Really, in the real sense of the word crush. But if you are liking somebody around you, it's a totally different thing. That is not crush. That is you are having feelings for somebody. But when we are talking about crushes, we are talking on attainable people. For instance, you have crush for um, who? <laughs> Thank you. If you have crush for Buhari, you are just wasting your time, isn't it? <laughs> you are wasting your time. So if you say, oh, you know what? I'm crushing on, on Obama. Some people are crushing on Obama. You're wasting your time. 
<laughs> so those type of things, they are really unattainable. So crush is not even the, if you think you are having it, I don't think you should be having crushes at this age. If you are having it, it's something you can pray about and ask God to take it away because it's just like living in a shadow, you understand? It's not real. And the devil is just playing games with your mind. So it's not something you should dwell on. Praise the name of the Lord. So before we say we do, I do, before we say I do, before somebody puts a ring in your hand, before you go and meet somebody to say I want to marry you, what are the things that we should do? Let me start by saying that, you know, marriage, devil has given marriage a very bad press, very bad um, impression, bad publicity, bad um, PR. So now, these days, a lot of people are even skeptical about marriage. Abby? Yeah, yeah a lot of people are very skeptical. People are like, ah, marriage, this marriage thing. And you know, the painful thing is that, you know, the devil is doing the right in the church. So let's say we are seeing it in the world. We won't be worried. We say, oh, it's for them. But the devil is bringing right into the church. So we see a lot of failed marriages in the church or failing marriages in the church. And it makes us sad because the truth is that it is the devil just trying to make you, discourage you from marriage and making you think marriage is a bad thing or giving marriage a bad reputation. But marriage is actually meant to be very good. It is meant to be sweet. And honestly, I'm not even trying to make it up to you. I'm standing before God. I am enjoying marriage. I don't even know what to I'm asking myself, without this marriage, eh, what am I going to be like? Because marriage is sweet if you do it the right way. And you know one of the things that make it sweet? And that's why we are here today. Mm -hmm. Because, first of all, let me tell you why the devil is attacking marriage. The devil is attacking marriage, one, because the purpose of Christian marriage is to bring forth godly offsprings. You see, when you bring forth godly offspring, then you populate the world with godly people. Eh? When you populate the world, the society becomes godly, and godliness is being passed from generation to generation. But the devil does not want that. So the way to do it is to make sure that marriage is truncated, is given bad rep, thing, horrible things are happening in marriage. So it's very strategic. Very, very strategic. And that's why children of God must make up their mind. This thing, where you are today, is a good place. I just wish so, wish so many other parishes would copy what you are doing. You understand? You see, what I, I minister a lot on marriage, but we are ministering to people who are already in problem who have already entered marriage, who are now going through things, and now hearing things they wish they heard before they got married. But here we are today, because, you know, they're putting this together, and it's so useful for you and I. Very, very useful for people who have not committed. I always say that I love to speak to those who have not committed. Because a lot of the time when we speak to people who are already married, you just start thinking, if I knew, if only they told us, if only I knew. But that's not where we want you to be. So you should be grateful to God for this opportunity. And thank your ministers and the people who put this together. I, I'm very, very happy with them. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So today, we start by emphasizing, before I say I do, what do I do? Before I, we say I do. Why? Well, how do we do it? How do we do it? The first thing I want you to know is that a Christian marriage is different from secular marriage. You understand? 
So the thing we want to do, we don't want the church to enter the world, the world to enter the church. The way we do it as believers is different from the way unbelievers do it. So some of the things I'll be saying today, you'll be like, ah, but unbelievers are not like that now. You understand? But we are talking about the Christian marriage, and it is very important. Before you say, I do, the very first thing that we should do is to prepare ourselves. So if you want a cool guy, you want to marry a cool person, you be a cool, whatever coolness means to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you say, oh, I like somebody who is friendly, be friendly. You say, I want somebody who is very considerate. You be considerate. If you want somebody who is very understanding, you be very understanding. So prepare yourself. Now, think to yourself, can I marry me? Do you understand? Some of you today know that if they say you will marry yourself, say, oh, I don't want to. I know. <laughs> so if you are really like that, you look in yourself and say, what are the things that are not marriageable about me? And you begin to work on it. That is where to start. You understand? So the truth is that at the end of the day, God is not unfair. God is not unrighteous. If somebody has truly, really prepared themselves, don't now say you that you have been living flippantly and doing anything. I'm going to catch that person. Mm -mm. It doesn't work that way. Praise the name of the Lord. So you need to do what? To prepare yourself. Prepare yourself every way, in every way. If you want a holy spouse, be holy. If you want a sweet, dependable person, be dependable. You understand? If you want somebody who looks good, you to look good. There's nothing bad in looking good. I see people just, you dress anyhow. But in your brain, you are, um, what do we call that thing? You are crushing on a fine person. You are wasting your time. You look good. Some people like very neat person. You be neat. Look good. You know what I, I, I say, the um, Bible says that God looks in the inward, but God, man looks at what? That word is what man sees. So when I look at you from here to I already have an impression. It is when you begin to talk, sometimes I begin to vary my impression, should I, should I not? You understand? But Bible says that man looks at the outward. What do you think happened to Adam? They were presenting all the animals. God says, choose anyone that you want to be your partner. You look at lion, elephant, all of them, none is good. The day God carved that woman out and Adam saw naked woman she, he began to rap ah this is now the flesh of my flesh and the, uh, that is the first poem in the bible didn't you see how lyrics started coming out <laughs> lyrics started coming out he eh? said this is it man. you shall be called woman ah I like this one so he saw so don't say that um, it is my behavior the inside Somebody sees outside first. Look good. Why not? Praise the name of the Lord. Look like what you want. So don't say, I want a brother, a sister that is neat. You know some brothers are very unkept. But they are looking for um, Naomi Campbell. Uh -huh. They are looking at very clean, very clean, nice sister. But they themselves, they are anyhow. So no, it doesn't work that way. Praise the name of the Lord. Another way to, pre to prepare yourself is to attend programs like this. When you hear about marriage programs, you know you are walking towards marriage. So listen, because in places like this, we tell you certain things that typically you do not hear. You understand? Some things you assume in your heart, because a lot of the time, the problem with marriage is the problem of unmet expectations. Do you understand? 
So because you have pictures of some things in your head, but when you come for meetings like this, what happens is that you learn. So you unlearn again. So some of you now, you go into marriage and thinking that, oh, these are the things. We have, at places like this, we bust myths about marriages. You understand about marriage. So many myths that you think, oh, this is how marriage should be. No. When you come here, you hear a lot. Do you understand? You know, for instance, that one of the things we tell you is that marriage is not for selfish people. Marriage is about giving. You know, a lot of you think you are going to marry. <laughs> marriage is about giving. Marriage is about helping somebody. It's not about yourself. And that's why people don't help. We don't know it. So you are going to marriage thinking about receiving. Receiving. When I get married, somebody will be giving me flowers. You know some women. They, <laughs> some of you have read so many romantic whatever. You have watched so many movies. And then they will now be bringing chocolate. You will now be bringing. That is not the truth. Marriage is real, and it's about you giving. Do you have something to give? Are you ready to give? That is what marriage is all about. But people don't tell you that. You don't think you're thinking about yourself. Marriage is about the other person. You know what the Bible says about the person that will marry must be ready to please. First Corinthians 7, I think 33 to 34. But he that is married, care about the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. But she, that she may be holy, but in, both in body and in the spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of this world, how she may please her husband. So it's a game of pleasing somebody. So when you are going into marriage, what you are going to do is to please somebody. I'm not ready to start pleasing anybody. Then you don't have business with marriage. So you're just going into it to please. That is, the truth is that that is the secret of a successful marriage. You are there to see what can I do for you. How can I please you? So what makes a successful marriage then is like this. That man is coming to please the woman. The woman is coming to please the man then that is a successful Christian marriage. So if we both are going into marriage and I'm going to come, come and I want to grab from you, you, you want to grab from me, we start, expectations are not met. So you don't be wondering that what is this thing? I know so many people who have one week after marriage, they come back and say this thing, I don't understand. Because they went into it thinking that, you know, because there are so many expectations. Some people believe that when I get married, I will be happy all through. That is the end of my sorrow. Some people think, ah, liberty. This is my mommy and my daddy. Everything, they'll be, when I leave your house, you will know. But you're actually going to submit to another authority. Whether it's even as a man. Do you understand? Because the Bible says, submit to yourself one to another. Somebody is going to be, you see now, that it's not liberty. Do you understand? That's why they say it's for responsible people. It's for matured people. It's not for people who are just um, walking on the road. It's time for us to get married. Oh, yeah, let's marry. Praise the name of the Lord. So some people think that they will gain complete freedom. Some people say that's the end of their problem. Some people say, ah, we'll be having sex. We'll be having sex. It's when you now get into marriage that you see that you're even tired of the sex. Do you understand? I'm not saying sex is not good, though. But you cannot marry solely because of sex. And I say, ah. True, Bible says that it is better to marry than to born. So it's okay to marry and say, ah, it's time. Like this, um, the way I'm feeling, 
it's not good. I want to marry. But it's one of the reasons. You can't say that is the sole reason why you are getting married. You will get disappointed. Because after, you will not see that. It's not even whatever. How many people have gone and then they now say, it's another thing, especially for those of virgin sisters. They will not say, it's not exactly what I thought it is. I'm virgin brothers. Let's not assume that brothers cannot be virgin because you can be virgins. Mm -hmm. So you now be like, ah, the thing is not exactly what. Some people have watched crazy things, you know, and, and that's why we say to be watch what, be careful what you watch. Some of you have watched different things where they tie themselves on the this thing. Yes, <laughs> they tie them. Some of them will dress like nurse. Another person will dress like doctor. I don't know what madness is happening in the world. Over what? They say yes, we are spicing it up, and those are the things that those. They, people get into marriage, they, they are now disappointed. Some people beat themselves, so they say, oh yeah, beat me, beat me. <laughs> hey. So somebody, I, you know, we, I do a lot of counseling. I was counseling with some people, and the problem is that the, my husband is asking for so many sex positions that does not exist. All those things are movie. You know those things they do in movie. They are what? They are movies. You know, I say, hey, how come we watch it in this movie? And anytime the man watches it in the movie, he wants to practice it on his wife. These are all unmet, that's why we say the unmet expectations. So you now be feeling frustrated. How come she cannot do the cow, the kangaroo style that they did, the gorilla style? All those things are, they are fiction. Praise the name of the Lord. So those are things that, you know, they don't tell us, things that we don't know, that we just go into marriage expecting, expecting all sorts of um, funny things. So some people believe that one thing you must know also that people don't tell us that we don't know is that divorce is not an option in Christendom. If for any reason you even find you have to divorce, eh? remarriage is not allowed. So if I am entering into marriage knowing that <laughs> this person I am looking at, and I say to premarital couple because I counsel, I counsel a lot of people, premarital counseling, I say to them, look at this man. You are ready to stay with him for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. You know, we don't think, you don't think that way. Just think the love is doing you ske, ske, ske. The rest of your life. Another thing you need to know before you go to marriage is that you cannot enter marriage for the wrong purpose. So if he has six packs today, six marks may become one, one big, one belly, but, uh, Abby, what do you call this thing? Pot belly, tomorrow. And if she has dark curves, thank God if the curves stay. Sometimes they cannot stay. It's not because she doesn't want to, but uh, that is just what the body, this is biology. She can't help it. So some people are lucky after childbirth, they still remain, they can have, some people, they'll do everything and anything and they can't return to that shape. Do you understand? So don't come and say, oh, reason why I marry her is because of the smooth face. That smooth face, hormone, when it comes in, pregnancy hormone, you start seeing um, acne can come like this, boogie boogie. Yes, it's possible, and it happens. So you have to marry for the right reason. And may I tell you, if you're marrying for money, money can fly. It develops wings. Uh-huh. I know some people that when we were getting married, when we were younger, and they got married, I was just thinking in my mind, I say, ha, this person is made forever. They are made forever. Because you see the guys, you know, the people they married, married into nice homes, you know, um, where everything is happening, <laughs> everything looks good. 
Today, I see those set of people. <laughs> and I say to myself, that how foolish of me to have been admiring them or, you know, thinking in my mind, that, ah, these ones are lucky. Money develops wings. Do you understand? Some people, you marry some people because of that. Some of them are even driving their parents, is that they're spending their parents' money. They are. And you don't know this. So you can't just marry because of those things. You have to marry for the right reason. You have to marry for the right reason. And please, may I even tell you that you cannot marry just because of love. Love is good. It's very essential in marriage. But you can't just say that the reason why I'm... What do you want? Why are you marrying this person? Say, I just love her. You just love her? It is a wrong thing. No. <laughs> Because you know that type of love is not the love that stays so. Do you understand? It is that, that one that is like butterfly. When you see him and your heart skips a bit. Beep, beep. It is good. But it's not the lasting love. That's not what keeps marriages. Do you understand? So you can't say just because I see him and my heart says. You know, there's rhythm. <laughs> because of that, that is my married partner. No, no, no. You can't do that. It's good to have it. I have told you the other time I, 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 I thought, I told you about love, agape love. There's philios, which is the one that we experience in marriage. Um, is, it, is it philios that is the one for, for friendship? So there's the one that is for love. What's that one now? Eros, yes. It's erotic. So it's just about the body. You feel, but it flies. So sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes. Even in, after marriage, you now see that, ah, Eros, where are you? But it's the agape. <laughs> it's the agape that keeps the marriage going. Praise the name of the Lord. So you have to be careful the reason why you are going to the marriage. You have to be careful. Be, be careful. Know the reason why you are going in. Be careful. Consider it. It is a serious matter. When you want to become a lawyer, you start practicing, you start training from secondary school, from primary school. What am I saying? Even when you are teaching you to read and write, it is towards that goal. Am I lying? A medical doctor calculated three, six, six, seven, sometimes eight because of, um, because of um, um, strike, also strike. Abby, sometimes some people, some people do medicine for eight, ten years. Because as you are strike, this thing has happened. And all you are doing all of this because of a profession. But how can you not now prefer, prepare for a lifetime business? This marriage is a lifetime business. It's a ministry. So you have to consciously, this is one model we are taking now. You can take it serious and you, can, you may not. But you have to make sure that you are consciously taking, training yourself. You have to train yourself. Praise the name of the Lord. And honestly, when people prepare for marriage, it shows in marriage. When they are prepared, you will see that mm, this person is prepared. I see, I see so many. See, what my eyes see in counseling. Ah! When you see a prepared person, you will know that mm, that person got some preparation. But when you see somebody who entered flippantly, they've just, they've just entered flippantly. So you will hear them say things like, I didn't know it was like that. I didn't they have entered anyhow. Praise the name of the Lord. So you have to do it. Don't let societal pressure force you into marriage. Say you are, do you know your age now? 
Eh? Your friends are getting Every time you now go for your friend's wedding with Ashwabi, you come back home every day and now say, eh. So the next person that comes to you, you jump. You just say, let me shall get married. Let people also buy my own Ashwabi. <laughs> wedding is totally different from marriage. Oh. Wedding is um, one day, two days, three days. Marriage is for a lifetime. Praise the name of the Lord. So you have to. Another thing you must know before you get married is that premarital sex is dangerous. Hmm? Some people, the reason why their marriage will never work or has never worked is because they engaged in premarital sex. And they tell me that in this age, it is difficult to see people who are in relationship and they are not having sex. Is it true? Please, I'm asking you people, is it true? That they say now, even if they are believers, tongue-talking, that's what I hear. I was counseling with a girl two weeks ago, and when we began to banter scripture, I was so excited. I said, Kai, this girl is deep, you know? And then she was talking about her work with God and everything. And then we began to talk about relationship. And yes, she said she's, she's in a relationship with another firebrand brother, and then we got talking, talking, talking. And then at some point, I didn't even know when I said that. Oh, I hope you're not having sex. Say, ah, we are. Ah? Tongue talking? Ah, he said, yes, so. He says, excuse me, ma, nobody will marry me if I don't do this thing. I said, you say what? He said, all the brothers want it. He said, forget about all the razzmatazz. And then he said, let me tell you the relationship I was in before this one. I said, really? He said, that brother, eh, when she starts to pray, <laughs> word of knowledge, that when he begins to manifest the giftings, that even she, because she doesn't attend the guy's church, but she goes to the church, and the guy was a youth leader, a youth pastor. Said the guy is in the spirit. He said, but anytime he attends, come to my church. She attends the church. She'll just go home ahead of me. You know, because after church, they will do the drama of, uh, <laughs> God bless you, sister. God bless you. I'm helping this. We are packing up. We are doing all the God's work. He says, as soon as he lands in the house like this, because she's waiting at home, they have sex. After service, yes. So, if it is true, and honestly, it is funny, but it's, uh, it's also not funny. Because my heart was thoroughly broken. I'm like, really? Ah, he says, sir, ma, I'm still looking for, I know there are, but I said, because I know there's a remnant. You understand? Remember those days Elijah came and said, I'm the only one. God says, forget it. I have so many people who have not bowed their head. And that is what is happening. There's a remnant, too. Don't come and think that oh, we are all doing it. How many of us will God put in hell? You are fooling yourself. There is a remnant. Do not go into it. And there are so many reasons why you shouldn't go into premarital sex. There are so many reasons. In fact, he's a number one destroyer of marriage. Let's even say the guy marries you, which is sometimes very unlikely. I was talking to one girl and she says, I don't know what the problem is. I just wanted to agree with me in prayers. Every time I go into a relationship, it breaks. I go into another one, it breaks. I don't know why it just occurred to me. I said, are you sleeping with those guys? And then she looked at me and said, yes. I said, ah, it will be breaking. Because the story of Tam, Tama, you know the story of Tama and Amno, Am, Amon, is so true. Sometimes, as soon as guys climb on top of you and they do whatever they want to do, their eyes will just open. You were looking like an um, angel just now. And then all of a sudden, they began to receive. There's nothing to eat again, honestly. And that's when, when I tell people, when people come to me and say, oh, we are now in courtship, I say, if you're in courtship, courtship is different from marriage, oh. You see, if I get everything eh, that I want in courtship, there's no use getting married again. Ah, 
If you come, you wash my clothes. Thank you, God bless you. You come, you cook my meal. Hallelujah to Jesus. Then after you lie down, I sleep with you. What else is remaining? Uh-huh. So what is, what is remaining? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? So it's just going to think. <laughs> so you just be saying, when are you coming to meet my people? When are we doing this? And the guy will be pushing it. Because already he's enjoying everything that there is to, be, to enjoy. So you have to be careful. When that sister told I said, ah, you try it. The next relationship you get into, do not let the guy touch you. Don't allow the guy touch you. You'll be shocked. And let me tell you something. When they sleep with you before marriage, they don't trust you in marriage. Yes, Shabi, you can do it with me. Uh -uh. You cheated on God. Why can't you cheat on me? So if you do something, you say, where were you with that guy? So when people come to me and say, my wife, husband is always suspecting me. I say, ah, but he's a man of God now. And you, you are a child of God. I don't know. I said, did you sleep with him before you got married? Yes. I said, that's why. You would think about it that that time you couldn't hold yourself. If you could not resist yourself, the same thing that would not make you discipline yourself before marriage is the same thing that will not make you discipline yourself after marriage. Your, your husband will cheat on you because he doesn't understand commitment. Commitment to Christ means that do not do, you know, we obey God's law. It is just commitment to him because you understand what Jesus wants from you. So if he does not understand commitment and he's cheating on Christ, because when you are committing fornication, you don't know that he's cheating on Jesus who died for him. So he's cheating on Jesus. When you now get married, who are you that he will not cheat on you? The same indiscipline that was at work before marriage is what will be at work after marriage. Sister, brother, he will sleep with you. He will cheat on you. Sorry. He will cheat on you. And please, sisters, can you just put your legs together? Help me, please. Let's say boys are weak. They are not supposed to be. But imagine if every girl make up their mind that this my legs, you are not seeing it. Ah, how sweet when people are looking forward to marriage nights. The night before. Oh, Lord. You just be like looking forward to, we are looking forward to, we are looking forward to. But if there is nothing to look forward to again, I don't even understand how it works. Because I know when we were getting married. I married as a virgin. And I courted my husband for seven years. See, you, in those days, eh? I, thank you, I'm enjoying that applaud. <laughs> but I need to tell you the truth. You have to say no. Say no to premarital sex. Say no to premarital sex. The devil gets a legal reason to come and afflict your marriage. And you can say no. There are moments when that weak moment comes. Say to yourself, no, I have proposed in my heart. And see how God will honor you. Because you are honoring God at that moment. And then you are after having the sex. Don't you even feel bad? You know those days we are looking forward to, ah, our friends, we had a group of friends. All of us made up our minds. We will not, never will not have sex before marriage. So we were all getting married one after the other. So when this one will get married, all of us, it will be giggling us. How was it? How was it? I don't understand what happens these days when everybody has done it. So we'll be asking the person. Then the person will now be shy. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, you know, we all promised that we will tell each other. Do you understand? So the next person is looking forward to it too. We are happy. Where is that thing again? So everybody now, I, I can't sell a room. You will see pastor's children. And you will assume your heart, uh, this one. Mm -mm. 
So he said, so what is happening? And in Council of Redeemed Christian Church of God, we are supposed to ask you, have you say, had sex with each other? When you see them, they'll start looking at you. I like one girl. She's the pastor's daughter. She knows I know the father, the mother, the everything. She quickly said, no, the brother said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. Don't do something that you are ashamed to tell somebody about. You will have sex all your life. All your married life is all about sex. And won't you be glad to come before God in righteousness? You know, God, I have done this. See how proud I am. I tell my daughters every day, I married as a virgin. You have to do it. Imagine if I've messed up myself. Not that people cannot change, because not everybody married as, a, as Christians. But if God helped me with that thing, I'm able to tell my own children that God is able to help you. Praise the name of the Lord. Please don't answer. You see, when somebody loves you, they don't say you must sleep with them. That's not love. Ah, that's not love. They respect you. They will not insist that they must sleep with you. It is disrespectful for somebody to tell you. It's an insult for anybody to come and meet you and say, let us do. It is an insult. And then you already know how far committed they are to Christ. They are not committed, and they will do the exact same thing to you even after marriage. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still loving me? Are you sure? Yeah, sure. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Another thing you need to know is that you cannot marry an unbeliever. You can't marry an unbeliever. So some people say, ah, of course, you know scripture now. Before I say it now, you say, do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. What has darkness got to do with light? What has unright? Don't marry an unbeliever. You know, some people say, how do I define an unbeliever? Truth is that you know in your heart that he's an unbeliever. You know. So somebody's come and meet you and say, excuse me, I want to get married. And I say, is he a believer? I say, eh, he's a believer, but not in our own type. Oh. Not our own type. I say, eh. What is his own type? He said, you see, he's not really going to, he doesn't go to church because uh, pastors have disappointed him in the past. But ma, he can quote January, Genesis to Exodus. He can quote from Genesis to Revelation. I said, that does not make him a Christian. No. He said, yeah, because of the problem, you see, he used to go to, I said, see all that story. Even when immediately you said, not our type. Marry your It is your type you should marry. <laughs> don't go and look for unbelievers and then start justifying it and telling yourself that um, it's because praise the name of the Lord 2 Corinthians 6.14 I like the way NLT people don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness how can't you be able to wake somebody up in the middle of the night and say let us pray God just gave me a vision I just saw a revelation I have a burden in my heart you can't pray the same thing you can't. How are you going to wake somebody and you say, he doesn't speak in, he doesn't believe in speaking in tongues? You're not in the same place. There's no way that you can be together with this LA. There's no way. Don't tell me he's born again. If he's LA, he believes in angel, worship of angels. You are a member of Redeemed Christian Church of God. We don't worship angels. So how do you pray together? He will say, holy Michael. You will say, what? Tell me. You don't, you marry your kind. You must speak the same spiritual language. You must get to that point that, if I tell you before God, my husband, I can complete his statement. 
And every time God shows me something, he confesses it through him. Before I finish saying, say, that's what the Spirit of God is telling me as well. That is connection. That is, that is the beauty of it. You will miss out on that. So anytime we say, the Holy Spirit is saying this, I just know that if the Holy Spirit is truly saying to me, my husband will confirm it. So I'll say, the Spirit of God is telling me that we should give, he will mention the amount. I say, Jesus. It has become so much now that I get nostalgia. It's not even, now I'm like, ah. So I say, the Holy Spirit told me that I should. He will say, he will repeat, he will complete it. That is what, that's why you need to marry your, marry your kind. So you'll not now be dragging it. Eh? Me, I don't believe in Holy Spirit baptism. Eh? Me, I don't believe in tithing. Eh? Me, I don't believe in. That's not what you, you don't want that. So when your child is, you see, you go through challenges because the truth is that challenges will come. But when you are in the same, you are lying. Ah, even the devil is afraid. Bible says the kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If in your home you are divided already, so your dad, daddy goes and wears to turn on Sunday. Mommy calls, goes and carries and going to redeem. You are wasting time. Praise the name of the Lord. Marry your kind. Marry your kind. So I say, what if the person is faking it? You know, because some people say to me that, ah, some brothers fake it all. Even some sisters, they fake it. Some people say, brothers come to church to catch wife. How many people are here to catch wife? <laughs> because they say, some, somebody told me, said, because they believe that good girls are in church. So some people come to church just so they can catch wife. The truth is that fake, you will, you will identify fake if you are not fake. Am I right? Do you believe it? Somebody can't fit it for that long. Because there's such thing called the fruits of the Spirit. So I don't take you as a Christian just because of everything you have said here. I'm impressed, sir. But when I look at you in your everyday life, that's when I'm able to tell whether you're a Christian or not. It is the fruit that you should look for. Look for the fruit of the Spirit. Is he kind? Does he love? Is he gentle? Is he long-suffering? Is it, look at the fruit of the spirit. Somebody can fake it. You can fake the gifts. Huh? As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that in the last days, the Antichrist will do so much miracles. So if you, you can't conclude that somebody is a Christian because he manifests the fruits of the gifts of the spirit, it's cheap. Do you understand? People can duplicate it, but the fruits, you can't pretend. Praise the name of the Lord. You cannot pretend. The fruits are there, and the fruits are, they can only come by the Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Another thing I'm going to tell you is that develop friendship. Develop friendship. Develop friendship. I always believe people should be friends before they, get, they commit. Do you agree? Yes, so, uh, I'm telling my children, I have some daughters, they don't have male friends. I said, how will you marry? If you only pick female friends. It doesn't mean that you are going to friendship because you want to marry them. But through your friend, you meet another friend. You meet another friend. Do you get what I'm saying? So do friendship. Some people meet somebody for the purpose of marriage. You know, for instance, if you see somebody, you can match make people. You know, that happens too. It's not entirely wrong. It is okay. But develop friendship with that person. Before you can say, because what friendship does is that it reveals the personality of that person to you. So that's how come you can know whether the person has the fruits of the spirit. If he's gentle, you will never know except your friends. If he's kind, you will never know except your friends. If he's long-suffering, you can't know. So you cannot just meet somebody today and say, okay, and you want to marry, I've been waiting, you know, 
I'm 39. Ah, you two. Ah, you two. We have been waiting. Okay, let us marry. No, it doesn't happen that way. Do you understand? It doesn't happen that way. So you have to develop that friendship relationship. Marriage is not something to rush into. If you rush in, you also rush out. There's nothing like being late. You know, that is what the society tells us. She's late. I say, ah, she's a very beautiful woman. No, and she's, but she, she's not married, though. There's nothing like that. They are fooling themselves. Some people are single and they are very happy. Very, very happy. Meanwhile, we know some people who are married and all their prayer point is how they will get out of that marriage. Ah. How will they get out? That's what they are thinking about. Ah. I have met people who say, Jesus, I just wish that I can go back to those days so I can do it again. Because it raised, I have seen beautiful destinies. Things that God, people who God have very good plans for, but marriage destroyed it. Because if you get in with the wrong person, ah! <laughs> so you can't afford to get in with the wrong person. So look at that friendship. And then you have to think of compatibility. You understand? Those are practical things. You understand? That we just teach people that look at compatibility. We have spoken about spiritual compatibility. Spirit, the person must tick the box. I always tell people that every human being is made up of spirit, soul, and body. And at least two out of it must be completely compatible with you. Do you understand? So if the only reason why you are married this person, spirit, you know we spoke about spiritual compatibility, marry your kind. Spirit, if the person does not tick, that box must be tick. Now out of the other two, one must be tick. The soul, what is the soul? Hmm? What do we what happens in the realm of the soul? Your intellect, your mind, your what? Your emotions. So, you know, people who are emotionally, they are so comp compatibility in the soul area is we sit down and we're talking. You can we can talk two hours and then we would just say, Jesus, it's as if we've been talking for two minutes. Because we have a whole lot in common. So that's a bit of compatibility. So you discover with that person, it's easy to even strike friendship. When you are on the phone, you don't know when you have spent three hours. When you are not so compatible with somebody, you sit down and there, you are looking for what to talk about. Say, okay, let's talk about football. <laughs> England, they played. And then you'll be like, oh, I didn't watch the England match. What would I say? Hey, who is, who is, which one is England? When are they playing the match? Hey, hey, European Union is really... So you are just like, let him finish that topic, I beg, I'm bored. You, you want to talk, uh, do you know that um, movies, then the guy will be thinking in his mind, that which one is my own uh, movie? So that means that there's no compatibility, but that can be built, you understand, over time. So you see people, that's why they say sometimes that opposites attract. You may not even be so much that compatible in that area, but it's something that can grow on you over the years. So it's not a no-no. Do you understand? As long as that spirit one, you have checked it. Hmm? The, and the third place is the body. Some people are so happy because they get exactly what they want. What did that lady call it? Oh, TH something. something. <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> you know the one that is very nice, six pack. If you have the six pack, so all the boys are in the gym. They are in the gym. <laughs> so brothers are in the gym. On Jerry, uh -huh, on Jerry. So that you can look the look and look the part, and then you say, when he took off, take off his shirt, they'll say, ah, the boy is hot. 
It's good, though, but that cannot sustain marriage, though. <laughs> it is good if you have it and the spirit is checked. Do you understand? You may not say, okay, I'm happy. A lot of um, girl, uh, men, they say, oh, this is the... You know, women, they're so unfair on us because I don't even understand the standard again. Some years ago, everybody must be very skinny, be slim. Now, you must have bum bum, you must have breasts. So, everybody's going to do extra. So, some people put silicone. I said to people now, before you marry somebody, make sure she swims in front of you. <laughs> ah, you must go someday and say, let's go swimming so that we can see the real face. Because uh, they say they marry somebody, you get home that night, you realize that the lashes are off. Boom, boom. It's fake. Breast is fake. Yeah. And then you now say, I, I can't recognize you. So the truth is that that physical part is the mundane, the most mundane to me. You know, I was meeting somebody who said, I, say, I, say, I really love the guy. Everything works, but I don't like his stature. His stature is not a stature changes. Ah, if he's not very, they say he's too tall and skinny. I say feed him. <laughs> ah, if you feed him, if you saw my husband when I got married to him, he was like this. And feed him. When you feed him, you will see that he will become, you know, all those ones can be worked on. And um, he doesn't do this and do it for him. There's nothing that can physically, there's nothing that can be worked on, um, on honestly. Almost nothing. A short woman can wear high heels. Uh, um, whatever can snitch your waist if you want to get the cuffs out. No, what's the big deal about all that? You now can't trade eternity. Your eternity over tiny little silly things. So check the spirit. Make sure you're spiritually compatible. Out of those other two, make sure one works. But you're not going to get a perfect person. That's the truth. When I say perfect person, everything, let the person just be like Cinderella that is dropping from exactly everything you want to know. So sometimes, when do you see something? And that's why the place of the Holy Spirit makes sense. You understand? You have to consult the Holy Spirit. And that's where I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end at that point. Please tell me when my time is almost over, when I have like 10, 15 minutes left. One other thing you need to look at before you say I do is to look for red flags. Eh? Look for red flags. <laughs> By the time, if you see that, he's beginning to tell you that, ah, don't say, I'll, I'll slap you. I'll, I'll slap you. You understand? You are, you are arguing. And then he says, I will slap you. In the first place, it's shere, shere. When you get married, it will be real slap. Do you understand? It will be real slap. So already you know that he's violent. So if you see that trait, mm, just go back and seek the face of God. So you have to look, a lot of the time, the problems we see in each other, we see it in courtship before marriage, but we ignore it. Or you wish it away. Or you think you can change that person. Nobody changes any man. I tell people, the way he is today, if he does not change, oh, character-wise, oh, anything-wise, oh, are you ready to go on? If your answer is no, then don't go on with that marriage. Do you understand? So don't think that mm, when, he gets, when, we, when, when we start having children, we'll be responsible. No. If he's an irresponsible man, he's an irresponsible man. If he does not keep to his words, he does not keep to his words. If he's the type of person that is a late comma, he's a late comma. If he's a queerer, he's a queerer. You know, I said to people that one of the type of people I dread the most are quitters. Just look at his, look at his, his um, antecedents. Look at his, okay. Look at his, his um, whatever. If you see that, ah, 
is this job he does he did three months he will find find the reason he has left in this church he's in this parish in one four five months he has left every time he never stays on anything he will leave you too he will get tired of you too and leave because he's a queerer. So everything he does. <laughs> Why is it that this person never stays on anything? Where are you living today? I'm living in Ketu. Then the next time, say, where are you living? I've moved to Ajay. Oh, okay. Then you know, I've already, I'm tired of that place. I want to. Ah, ah. What is wrong? You're always in one job, changing job, one after the all of the time. You've already seen traces of laziness. Watch it. Watch it. It's very, very important. Now I'm going to ask you, the, finally, before I go, or let me not say finally so that I will not be a liar, in case I have anything to <laughs> Because pastors, say, preachers say, finally, 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 I don't want to be like that. So another thing you have to look for is to make sure that you consult the Holy Spirit, and that's probably the most important thing here. Right? You like everything. You checked all the boxes. Consult the Holy Spirit. You know why? He sees the future. If, let's say, four people are chasing you, or four people pass your test, let's say you are so blessed, sister, for instance, and you see that four men, but for some reason, all four of them will make it, but I don't know which one to pick. The Holy Spirit knows the one that is best for you. Because he knows the one that your destiny, this guy works best with your destiny. You see, if the, your Holy Spirit's choice is choice A, hmm? And you go for choice B. With choice A, the journey of 40 days will be 40 days. With choice B, the journey of 40 days will be 40 years old. Do you understand? So, this person is a Christian. Brother A is a Christian. Born again, Holy Spirit on fire for God. Doing well. I like him. He's asking me to marry him. Brother B, the same thing. Doing well. Asking me to marry him. In fact, he's from my tribe. Now, you know, we like this tribe matter sometimes. This tribe matter comes in sometimes. So, ah. But you have to go and meet the Holy Spirit. Who is my, who is my own? A lot of people ask me questions and say, um, is one man meant for one woman? The answer is yes and no. The reason why it is no is because as long as they are filling all the gap. The reason why is yes is because the Holy Spirit knows who is best for you. So the Holy Spirit knows that with this person, you will make it to the top easily. Spiritually, physically, financially, materially, everything. God knows that the children you're going to bring up with these ones are fantastic. They're going to be like this. They're going to be like that. But God knows what is happening to this other one, not you. This Mr. A, Mr. B that you like will do better with another person. So you have to seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And please, don't outsource it. Because that's what I see again. So you now go and meet a prophet. Don't go and meet any prophet. Too. The ministry of and the time of prophet has gone. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. says in time past, God spoke to us through the prophet. But in these days, he speaks to us through his son. Who is, has made the heir of all things. The Holy Spirit speaks to you as a person. The prophet can only confirm. New Testament, you will see that New Testament has the ministry of the prophet, but the ministry of the prophet in New Testament is not like what it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they couldn't hear from God. Now the Holy Spirit indwells you. Bible says your life is hidden in Christ in God. Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the same are the sons of God. So you hear the Holy Spirit. Bible says I speak to, they hear my voice. So you listen to God. Let God tell you. 
And I believe in this assembly, they've taught you how to hear from God. So I should not be afraid at all. Abby, if they have not taught you, please let them put it down in one of the things. How to hear from God. So you have to hear from God and let the Holy Spirit, who knows what is best for you, pick what is best for you. I've seen a lot of people, in those days, our parents, they will say, write the name of the, all the four men. When you write the name of all the four men, then they will now help you take it to one baba. Who is like, you now say, don't worry, I will fast for you. He has eaten, you know, he didn't fast, and then he fast. You now do like this. Tombele, tombele, takule, takule, Go kule. So that's how you now go and meet Kule and somebody has determined your destiny. Somebody who was eating Eba and Amala and enjoying himself. But the Holy Spirit speaks to you. That is the advantage of being a child of God. That is the advantage of being in the new covenant. That is the advantage of being a child of God. You must, you must enhance it. You must enjoy it. You must bask in that thing. It is such a privilege. I say to you as a child of God, if you cannot be going on the road and say, Holy Spirit, which road should I take, right, right or left? And you hear him tell you. That is beauty of being a child of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So you have to be led by God. You have to be led by God. By Romans 19 verse 14, Proverbs 19 14 says, Houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers. But a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife is from the Lord. So it's God that gives you a wife. Praise the name of the Lord. God gives you a wife. Okay. God gives you a wife. So before I go, I will just go into, before we round up, let's just take one or two questions. I know some people are thinking in their hearts that, hmm, this woman. So bring your questions. <laughs> bring out your, if you have any question, please, let me just quickly take one or two questions. Before we go, I know usually when we say like this, everybody's waiting for the first person. After the first person, everybody will now have boldness. Mm -hmm. So, if you have any questions, let us just quickly take it. Praise the name of the Lord. And please, when we, you know, another thing that when I said depend on the Holy Spirit and pray, when you pray, don't answer your own prayer. Uh, you know, sometimes we pray and then we go and answer our own prayer. They say, God, give me. Well, husband, then you now go and position yourself to somebody. Uh -uh, mm -mm. When you pray and trust in God, trust him. Give him, let him answer. Yours is to pray, his is to answer. So you don't pray and then go ahead and say, I'm answering the prayer for myself. Mm? Okay. So, yes. Alright, thank you, Ma, for mm -hmm. teaching. My question is, you were talking about hearing from God. Let's say if one part or one gender is hearing from God and the other, maybe the partner has not heard mm. something. Or if probably the other person is not spiritually matured enough, or mm. even if he's spiritually matured enough, and the other partner has not heard from God, what do we do? Um, and in that case, I think sometimes it's easier for the guy. Or because in this, you know, we think mostly that the guy should do the approaching most times. You know, that's the mentality we have. So if sometimes maybe the lady hears from God and the guy does not hear, how do you approach or how do you, what steps do you take, ma? You pray, Ni. You pray, Ni, and you don't answer the prayer yourself because when you now go and approach, that's answering your prayer. You tell God that, God, please, can you speak to this person's heart? Sometimes I've seen very painful people, painful incidents that when somebody believes so strongly that, 
this person is the person that God is telling me to marry. But that person is not looking your way at all. I, in fact, I have a, I know a very close friend of mine. <laughs> she believes so much that the president of the fellowship was, his, was my, the husband. But that president was not even looking her way at all. She has done all the gymnastics that she knows to do. So, you know, because the president does not like women hearing hearing, she took off her hearing. She stopped wearing hearing. The first of the, you know, the, the first friend of fellowship is Casco, Chris Casco. She became Casco tying scarf everywhere. That brother still married somebody else. Now, sometimes when the person refused to hear, it's also that, or the person is not looking your way, trust that God has your best interest. That's, you know, this thing is about sincerity. You know that you are really sincere in your heart. God, you have told me, because he's not a man that I should lie. Neither is he the son of man that I should change his mind. So if he has said it, he will do it. So that confidence will be there. And if you are very sure, just keep trusting God. He will happen. But if it does not happen, maybe you never heard. This is my friend I'm talking about. Now, he's in one of the sweetest marriages I've ever known in this world. He's a marriage. I'll just be laughing. I'll say, see, you would have gone with what I would be Nana. <laughs> and then you'll be laughing at me. i say, see how you want almost... This is somebody who will cry, 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 vigils upon vigils. All of us that are friends, you know, praying that God open this brother's eyes. The more we pray, the further the brother looked. So if God is not in it, God is not in it. You may just be hearing from the passion of your own heart or from whatever God you have in your heart or whatever ideals you have in your mind. Any other person? So do you understand that? So please, don't, when you pray, the Holy Spirit speaks, don't, don't force it. It is God. You understand? Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, ma'am. Um, I would like to ask, how do you approach situation wherein a lady walks up to you and tells you that she's had a series of dreams confirming to her that you are his man. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think the answer is far-fetched, but I just want to hear your own perspective. So the person has said to you that uh -huh, because God is your own father and my father does not talk to me through somebody. How many people is it that in your house, when your father wants to talk to you, you'll be standing there, but he will not talk to you. He will call somebody. Because God is your own father, God must speak to you as well. So dreams are good. God talks to some people through dreams. But we also know that dreams are deceptive. So if I'm thinking, for instance, if we have been fasting, how many people have done biri biri coasting? Or you have done dry fasting? In the night, what do you do? When you, when you sleep, what do you do? Amalagbono atibegiri. That's what you'll be eating in the dream. That does not need deliverance. It's because your body, that's what your body is yearning for. So sometimes if you admire somebody, you may, and you may not even know it, or you just, you may see somebody, see, people tell me different types of dream, and I laugh. When God gives you dream, he must confirm it to one other way. So if the person, you've had five dreams, four dreams, and the person is not seeing any dream, is not feeling anything, then let it be. You understand? And just keep asking. One thing you should always know that he's not a man. He will not lie. So you say, God, if you are in it. And just be. The Bible says you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you may obtain the promise. So if it is really God. The Bible says when your own obedience is complete, he will judge every disobedience. So if the person is disobedient or something. It's not a, another thing if the person does not want. See what we used to see in our own days. This person is like, I don't like, I don't like that kind of testimony. They say, I didn't like this sister at all. In fact, she was irritating me. But the Holy Spirit say, yeah, the one. You know, in our days, they are fun, very funny. One brother would just come and say, and say, you see, 
about three o'clock exactly this night, the Holy Spirit gave me a tap. And when I woke up, the Holy Spirit said, Behold my son, behold my son, Titi shall be your wife. And when the Holy Spirit said it, I took my pen and I wrote it down, I wrote it down, I wrote it down. Sis, are you the one or shall we look for another? <laughs> you see, they used to bamboozle us with those type of things because they will come with serious spiritual lyrics. Even you that you know, you'll be afraid that, hey, this one, that this one, the Holy Spirit is speaking in, in King James Version to, to this person. Now, wow. Uh-huh. So, you have to be careful. So, when somebody says God is telling me, God has to tell you. And you have to be sincere to ask God, God, are you the one in it? Because he won't tell one party and not tell the other one. Praise God. Good afternoon. Have a good morning. Um, my question goes this way. I have this ex-boss of mine. He, he was interested in a particular lady. And somehow, he ended up not getting married to that lady. So he, he um, rebranded his company one time, and the board members were like, we cannot work with you, this young boy. You need to get married. And these people, are, some of them are actually elderly people, some of them are pastors. And then, I think some weeks later, I heard that he was married, or he was engaged to a particular lady. And the person I knew that he was, he had his eye on that he actually discussed with me about was not the person he married. So I'm asking this question because I, I don't know, it can happen to anybody in the future, I, I don't know it will happen to me. <laughs> but if I find myself in that situation, for example, I'm pressured by, let's say, pa- maybe pastors or people I'm working with, and they're like, okay, they can't work with me if I don't get married. What advice would you give me? Yeah, because if, when you are divorced, too, they will not want to work with you. So it is better to wait. That is the truth. If they say, I can't work with you now, what? You now go and jump into another marriage, then you suffer divorce. They say, sorry, I cannot work with a divorcee. So it's, it's that simple. You understand? So don't jump into any marriage because of we've talked about society's pressure. It doesn't just make sense. Nobody is worth it. Okay, ma. Um, I just want to ask: um, Is there no place for your own decision-making process when you want to get married in the household of faith, and instead of being caught up in all these pseudo spirituality kind of thing that um, from people? Is there no place for your own decision? Um, if there's no place for your own personal decision, I won't be teaching you. Um, friendship, teaching you compatibility, spirit, soul, and body. So that means that you are not abdicating your own senses. You are not throwing away your senses. You are taken, but you are going to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I like this thing I have seen. I want this. Lord, should I go ahead? You understand? So God wants you to choose. It's not that God does not want you to make, to have an input in your choice at all. As a matter of fact, if somebody is showing you, the, people go to God and say, God, I don't, this person is the person I want. Are you in it? Should I go ahead? Do you understand what I'm saying? But you should do all that thing we have said. You should know that that person is compatible. You should see that you can work with that person before you now um, pick this. And it's very, very important. I was still talking to somebody who said, the Holy Spirit says I should go and marry someone's sister. That sister wears trouser, wears hair ring, palms her hair, or does all the makeup. And you, you say that the church where you are going, they are not allowed to do all that. And you say the Holy Spirit told you to go to go and bring that girl. And the girl is saying, sorry, I cannot leave all these things. I said, are you sure it's the Holy Spirit? It's not the author of confusion. Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. If really, really she's the one, 
something must happen. Why is it that you, you know, was catching that sister, brother? Because a lot of the time, it's true, a lot of the time, all these people who go to churches where, you know, you don't do sometimes, the ones that they like are the ones that are, <laughs> do you understand? So that's the problem. That's why, you know, I've told ladies, ladies are not supposed to just throw yourself before or even especially after marriage. Take good care of yourself. Men see. You understand? Men are ruled by what they see. Women are moved by what they hear. Do you understand? You want to catch a girl, have very good lyrics, say some nice things. Toasting, toasting, not female girls. You understand? You want to catch a girl, you have nice lines, you know what to say, even though it's the Holy Spirit that is leading you. Don't come and tell me, don't say the Lord I was shaking the night. It puts me away. Or tell me something nice. Haven't you seen? You tell a lady in this church now, before you go, if you tell one girl, ah, I really like you, you're looking nice today. She, that thing is inside her head for the rest of the day. She doesn't know why she's happy, she's just smiling. She, somebody has told her, it is what they hear that matters. Well, a man, you start telling him, I like you, he has moved on. Well, you look good. You understand? Looks, that's why I say to people, you say you're looking for a husband, your hair is always rough, you're, you're always, uh-uh. I beg, even if God is speaking to that person, it's difficult to hear. <laughs> Yes. Praise God. Um, my question is, in a situation where, okay, you've heard, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, but then your parents are the issue, like, they did not hear what you have heard, and you're trying to convince them that you are sure of this, and they are not, like, they are not sure, they're not convinced, maybe probably they, they don't really believe in all these Holy Spirit, and they believe in Allah Bireu and all those things. So now, it's not be looking like a case of disobedience. And the Bible says, don't uh, obey your parents and all of these things. Because this thing happens to my cousin. My cousin got married to someone his mom did not put her hand in. In fact, she said no family member must attend that wedding. He, he, okay, because his, uh, his parents are separated. So he went to meet the dad and the dad and the, uh, the wife of the dad and all of them. They were like the family, the mother. The, the, the new wife uh, was like the mother to him. None of the family like us should attend that wedding. His mom did not put hand in it. And this lady has been coming. We've known her for years. They've been together. We all know her. So we what all happened? Like her. So what so happened? Eventually, the mom did not put her hand. She, and she's still saying that that is not his wife. They are married now for how many years? I can't count. More than seven, eight years now. She's still saying that is not his wife. And this auntie, she's a minister in Redeemed Church. She's still saying that is not his wife. That's, and they are not like son and mother, they're not in any relationship. Like, it's a case of disobedience, kind of. I don't know, okay, the, the mother is still a redeemed person. The person yes. that is saying no is redeemed. He's still a member of the yes, redeemed she's, person. She's okay. A redeemed so, parental consent is a very big, wide topic. Do you understand? And it is always case by case. Do you understand? Because you have said all that you know now. The truth is that there may be deeper things. So, um, the best thing, honestly, is to have your parents to consent. It is the beauty of it all. Sometimes God uses them even to let us not enter into... Okay, so, there's this um, pretty girl of mine that I'm counseling. I'm friends with her parents. And the mother called me and said, this girl is about to make a mistake in marriage. And the girl was made... She has made up her mind that this boy I'm marrying... I've never seen anybody I love like this. He ticks every box. Everything I want, this, this guy has. But we know that she was making a mistake. Even me, I know she was making a mistake because that guy is not truly born again. Right? So what did we do? We didn't want... She picked the wedding date and she was going to go on. 
with or without her parents. Of course, we didn't want that. That's even my friend's first child. So what did we do? We began to pray. We began to pray. So it can be the other way. It can be the couple praying. It can be the parents praying. So this couple, they, she's made up her mind. She's a pastor's wife. Her father is a um, zonal pastor. They are doing redeem. But she's made up her mind that this boy, a non-believer, I'm marrying, I'm marrying him. And why? He says, look, I don't want to marry Casco brothers. Brothers, Casco brothers are not interesting. You know, when I say Casco brothers, all these Jim Jim brothers, they're not interesting. They don't know about going to Malta. They don't understand going on vacation. They don't know how to treat. Please, brothers, know how to treat girls nice now. Eh? So our brothers sisters will not be going to meet unbelievers. So they say, you know, they don't know how to do that. No, 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 no. They should not just expect me. I don't want that type of brother. Okay. So we began to pray every 12 o'clock. Because, when, you know, when we are sincere and we are really, really praying from a sincere heart, God loves us, God hears us. So we began to pray. We were not even talking to her again. And we said, God, reveal this person to her. Reveal this guy to her. It was during the pandemic she met the guy. He met the guy, he met the guy on the 1st of July. Said they were going to marry on... Um, what was the date, no? One month or two months after. They had picked the date. Everything was working. And the, girl had, the guy had everything. Oh, the guy drives. Mm, nice car. House. Mm. So we had seen Nojukokoro that that is what the girl wants. She's happy that, oh, he's a settled life. Oh, she would just be talking say, oh, his, his chef cooked this for me. You understand? The guy has a chef who knows how to cook uh, solid three-course meals. Life, this is life. This is what I want. And mommy and daddy are now saying, because this guy is not speaking in tongues, he's not born again, he's not. So she doesn't want to hear. But we prayed. And by herself, God began to show her things. God began to open her eyes. She began to discover deep truths. She realized that the guy was lying. The guy was living a lie. <laughs> the guy was lying. The guy never went to school abroad when he said he was rusticated from the first university. He didn't have a master's degree he claimed he had. The car he was driving was on higher purchase. The house. So by the time she knew all these things, she was doing another prayer. Thank you, Auntie. And you know, she just came to me with, thank you, Auntie. Thank you, Auntie. It was, it was hard when we were telling her. But when she realized, <laughs> she was glad. She would just have gotten into that marriage. And then her eyes will be open, and then she realizes that she's in trouble. Do you understand? So you have to be careful. Sometimes when parents say no, it may be for a good reason. Sometimes parents say no for a bad reason, for no good enough reason. Sometimes they say tribe. It doesn't make sense. I can marry from any tribe as long as the person is from the same family of God. Sometimes they say whatever reason they say. Sometimes they say their reasons may not be good, but there's a place of prayer. Do you understand? And sincerity. You understand? So that is it. So complex stories. There are so many complex stories of parental, um, parental consent. So that is a big topic on its own. Any other question? I want to assume that we'll finish my time. Is, yeah, what? Thank you for an example. The case of my parents. My mother happens to be, you know, all of us, you are not from within background. Mm. My mother happens to be CNS member, but mm. she's believer as as a then. Mm. And my father happens to be Anglican. You know SMS Anglican in the village where you will go to church today and day after you go to shrine mm. and go and worship your God. That's the kind of person my father is. Then my father, my mother said when my father was coming towards her, approaching her, that God showed her that this is your husband. 
keeps saying, well, why would one believer be my husband? I don't like him. They used to do masquerade in his house. I don't want him at all. Then it continues like that. My mom was rigid about it that she's, going, she's not going to marry the, my father. But later on, they just got married. And my father is now a Christian in CAC. Christ apostolic, even holier than these people that are there before. So what, what about that case? Okay, so I can tell you for certain, 100%. 100%. It's, if there's anything I'm very sure of, God does not want you to marry a non-believer. Hmm? And I don't see God breaking his own words. Now, if God has spoken to somebody personally, I cannot challenge whatever he says. That's his own. But I know that whatever he says always aligns with his word. If he says, don't marry an unbeliever, don't marry an unbeliever. I have seen so many people who have married unbelievers who God gave good bomb. In fact, Cain. You know Cain? Serious Cain. You know? I know a friend of mine that we were telling that it is not, she said, Holy Spirit showed her. I said, ah, go back to God. He never contradicts his words. So. Hey, go back to God. Well, of course, he married. And after marriage, one challenge after the other, one challenge after the other, one challenge after the other. And then she began to say to God that, God, please, I know that I disobeyed you. I know I disobeyed you. It's never that easy. You understand? Because you are coming, you are speaking different language. That spiritual connection is the most important thing. In fact, if you tell me that, oh, who are you marrying? If you say he's born again, Holy Spirit feels sure, certain, I'm more at rest. The best of, um, the worst of believers, eh, is better than the best of unbelievers. Because I have seen people who say he's a non-believer, but it's very gentle. Oh, God, you need to see how kind. It's a lie. A non-believer belongs to the kingdom. There are two, look, brethren, we are playing with our salvation. You don't seem to understand what we are doing. Everything we are doing is about eternity. If you are marrying, it's so that you can populate the kingdom of God. It's not for sex. It's not just for companionship. See, some people, God has called them not to marry and they will make heaven. But if you are marrying, you have to make up your mind that if this marriage is not going to glorify God, bring people to the kingdom of God, it's not worth it. So what are you, a non-believer, now going to be doing? Is it evangelism that you will do together? Or what? What, Jekba? See, this my friend that I'm talking about, because she's a believer, but she used stronger to go and marry a nobler. I, I saw her. I can't even begin to tell you the whole story. She would, all of us that she fought, she did, we didn't go to the wedding, no, because we were angry that she married a believer. All of us that she fought, she came back looking for us and saying that, yes, I know I did the wrong thing. You will suffer for it. When your child is hot in the night, is that you need somebody to hold hands with and agree in prayers. There is no such person. You'll just be looking at you. I bet my friend, be practical. What's all this rubbish about skinny? Do you understand what I'm saying? You will suffer for it. So you will now start enduring. You need patience, endurance. Long suffering, very long one to stay in that marriage. And don't forget what I told you. Divorce is not an option. I don't want to go into that area because it's a, it's a big topic on itself. Divorce is not an option. And if for any reason, I can go take you through scriptures, you need to divorce, then you stay unmarried. Is that okay? You will stay unmarried. That is one part that people are arguing. I thank God if you are doing Sunday school, okay, if you don't do um, redeem some, um, I don't think you do the traditional Sunday school. We're studying it. I think it's one of the next few studies. Divorce. 
there are certain reasons where people can divorce. But if they divorce, you stay unmarried. So if you go to marriage without mind, you will choose wisely. If you are thinking in your mind that, mm, when I finish marrying, if it doesn't work, after all, we can do second chance. That is what makes people take it flippant. That's why people go into it anyhow. See, some people say, ah, how about unbelievers? You know, there are so many unbelievers that their marriages are working. It's because somebody is enduring. Somebody in that marriage is suffering. In those days, our mothers are saying, I'm just holding it because they told me the story of one woman recently. Immediately her last child got married. Old woman, no, 60-something, almost going to be 70. Her last daughter got married. The same day her daughter got married, that was the day she moved out. She said, I've been waiting all these days. So that I will not come from another house. You, you will come from another house. I've been looking at your nonsense all these days. She packed all of her things. She had made arrangements. As the, husband, as the wife, is, as the daughter was moving out of there, she was moving. A lot of this time, when you, and people were looking at their marriage as if it's okay. But the girl, the woman was enduring. And in those days, there was power to endure. It's not like these days when they teach you feminism, women rights, you know. Some of you now, you say you can't cook for Some of them say they can't cook for husband. They say, what? What's wrong with his own hands? I said, learn cooking because of your husband's hands. I said, what's wrong with my husband's hand? Ah, it's not like that, too. That's why I keep telling you people, Christian marriage is different from unbelievers' marriage, oh. The husband is still the head, oh. If you don't make him the head, if you don't put, you don't put the Bible principles in place, you'll be in trouble. I, I think at this level we can end, eh? <laughs> so, I, I, I have really thoroughly enjoyed myself. <laughs> it's such a nice time. Let us pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Please, everybody, before we pray, can you look at me eyeball to eyeball? Everybody look at me, especially for those of you who are not married. Please look at me. Promise me, promise me that you will stay holy. Infidelity, sexual purity, promise. And it's not me your promise. As we bow down to pray, that's what you're going to tell God. God is looking for that remnant. You can do it. Brothers, Please zip up. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Let's do it the right way. Let this revival start again. Let us say no to premarital sex. Please. Let us pray. I want you to begin to talk to God right now. God is so passionate about marriage. He loves the institution of marriage. He's his idea. He's his perfect plan. He wants us to get married. But we have to do it the right way. And the enemy has had enough time, you know, playing with our marriages, doing horrible things, you know, destroying the Christian home. But what we have heard today, it's a privilege. And we're going to ask the Lord to help us. Some of you are just about to make a choice. Tell God about your choice. Some of you are in the value of decision. Tell God. Tell God right now. Some of you, as we're talking about premarital sex, it's hitting you so bad. Because that's what you are doing right now. You are involved in premarital sex. You are involved in premarital sex. I want you to talk to God. Begin to talk to God about it. There's somebody here. You are involved with another person's husband. That person is not your husband. That man is married. And you are aware. You are aware. I want you to repent right now. Repent. There is grace in the house for repentance. 
on the last days, I don't want them to show you this clip and say you heard this woman. I don't want the same words to come and judge you on the last days. It is the will of God that we have excellent marriages. God can make yours a beautiful one. I'm enjoying my marriage so much and I know God can do that with so many people, so many homes, so many marriages. Open your mouth and begin to pray to the Lord. Begin to talk to God right now. Tell him to help you. Our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. God can help you. You can have that beautiful home, that sweet home. Ask God for patience. Some of you are very impatient. You just want to push, rush into the next man, anybody that comes. Ask the Lord to help you. Thank you, righteous Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let's say a word of prayer for our, mom, our mommy. Let's ask that God bless her. Let's ask that God refill her. We ask, we ask that this will be the least she's ever been. The next time she'll be speaking, she'll be speaking at a higher level. And God refills her with all the auction that has left. We ask that these things that she's prayed for us, that God uh, she has taught us, will increase in her own home and in those of her children in the name of Jesus. That the high ministry continues to grow and God will continually be glorified. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Chai. If you were.